Before you talk, listen. Before you react, think. Before you criticize, wait. Before you pray, forgive. And before you quit, try. Isn't that some good stuff? Hey, I love this stuff. I'll read that on I, any good stuff that I get. If y'all read it on the Facebook, don't tell nobody you already knew it. Just act like it's the first time you heard it. God has taught me that I never need to worry about tomorrow. I survived yesterday. I am alive and dealing with today. And with God's help, I can face tomorrow and whatever may come my way. Woo, he's a good God, isn't he? Don't let what you see make you forget what I said, God. Don't let what you see make you forget what I said. That's what the Lord said. I picked this up yesterday. I thought it was so good. Just because I smile and I'm happy doesn't mean I have it all together or that my life is perfect. I smile because Jesus has my back, my front, my side life in his hands. He never fails me, and his hand is always on me. That's enough reason for me to shout with, with praise through the storms and learn to dance in the rain. Woo! All right, I got this again off of my devotion. God, I will give thanks to you out loud. I will tell of all the wonderful things you have done. No matter what I endure, I know that I can rely on you. You fight for me even when I can barely fight for myself. You are always with me and you comfort me. Thank you, God. Amen. All right, let me go back up here to the top so I don't get ahead of myself. First of all, again, I want to say thank you, Pastor for sharing this sacred desk. Not just anybody gets behind this desk. My pastor is very protective over you. You're his flock, just like you're protective over your kids. You're protective about who you let them play with, who you let them go see. He's protective about that. But he likes me a little bit. Because <laughs> I cook for him. This is a place where God's will is portrayed to his people. I don't stand here unappreciative of this opportunity to share with you precious people. I want to help someone not wound them. I want to help somebody and not wound them. I want God to flow through my voice into your heart. And if we can realize where we are and what's going on in our lives and can make it better, let's do that. You agree? I'm just a country girl. Cornbread and greens. Now, I didn't eat cornbread and greens till I married Adrian Spikes. I ate rice and gravy and gravy and rice. 
My mama fixed steak and gravy. She made a gravy every night. It was rice and gravy. But when I married into that Spikes clan, they was the vegetable eaters. Lord have mercy, they could cook. Now, my mama could cook some peas and stuff, but nothing like them, them good old, them Mississippi folks, Sister Melissa. That is the truth. They could, that Diane could, woo, you was raised right there with Goldie eating Diane and Granny's cooking. Delicious butter beans. They, now, we ate rice and peas and rice and corn. Now, that's, that's Cajun. That's the way I was raised. They eat cornbread and peas and cornbread and greens and cornbread and, and everything. And I, so I got the best. I learned out from the best of both worlds. I'm, I'm a Cajun. I can cook a good rice and gravy, and I can cook some pretty good greens and cornbread and peas and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but I've lived long enough and been through several things on this road called life. And that just may be, if you'll listen and take it to heart, I might can help you. Life is a road of many colors. It's not Dolly Parton's My Coat of Many Colors that my mama made for me. But it is a, a road of many colors. There's ups and there's downs and there's good times and there's bad times. And there's times that we laugh and times that we cry. Life's not the same for everybody. When I got to thinking about this today and, and writing it down, I'm not, you notice I'm not reading from the book because we're concluding all the things that we learned and I'm just going to try to share with you tonight. Um, I said life is not the same for everybody. Some of us have faced adversity all of our lives. Some people have, and I hate that thing. Some have had a life of ease. May I say very few have had that opportunity, a life of ease. No, there's very few people like that. Life's been good. I said that. I'm getting, let me go on down. Life is life, and we all get one chance at it. It's like raising kids. Most of us get one chance. Sometimes you raise your grandkids too. <laughs> Phyllis did. I don't want to. I love my kids and I love my grandkids. I kiss them and I love them and I cook for them and I send them home. <laughs> Go home with your mom and dad. No, you can't spend the night. No, I try to get them to spend the night. They don't want to. But Braxton and Jackson do. I have to give it to them. They, you know, they come and I, I want to think they come to see me. They come to see Trent. Play the game. Donnie, what you cooking? We coming. Uh, oh, tomato gravy and biscuits and, and, and bacon. For breakfast, they want breakfast. Trent loves it when they come because I'll fix some biscuits and gravy. <laughs> Braxton, now, Jackson loves tomato gravy, and Braxton loves white gravy. So he was there. Braxton was there the other morning. Jackson wasn't there. Trent was there. And Trent, he pretty well eats anything that I cook, and he don't complain. Well, so I made some white gravy with some Jimmy Dean sausage in it. Oh, I started up and made it. Oh. And it was delicious. Trent left, got his plate, and went in there. In a few minutes, here he come back. He said, that was awful. I said, okay, baby, I'm sorry. You want me to make you some tomato gravy? There's one more biscuit left. I would have, too. I'm just that way. I'm just a mama. But he, don't, he normally likes everything. And he'd had, I, I guess, a sausage. I don't, I don't know. He didn't like it. I said, well, okay. You don't have to like it. I'll fix you something else. Today we went and got something to eat. He got him. He want, He decided he wanted a spicy chicken sandwich from McDonald's. Not not the Mac, not the spicy Mac chicken, the little one. He wanted the spicy chicken. 
He said that was office. He said that first one was the one. That second one, he said, I think they cooked it yesterday. He said, I like to broke my tooth trying to eat it. <laughs> that's my chance at life. That's just, that's what goes on in my world. All right. Um, I said life. Some of us had a life of ease. Life's not been, uh, not, not the same for everybody. I'm sorry, y'all, but I got to catch back up on myself. When I get off my notes, I got to go back and look. Some of us met Jesus early in life. I did. And for this, I'm very thankful. I got the Holy Ghost. I mean, my mama got the Holy Ghost when I was six weeks old. Josh was talking the other night about people getting the Holy Ghost at four years old. But I got news for him. He can listen to it, Brother Payne. Listen to it. What I'm about to tell you something. <laughs> Tiffany Latrice. We was, it was New Year's Day. Everybody does this. We're going to start the year off right. We're going to have a prayer meeting this morning. It was about 11 o'clock. We done had breakfast. So Brother Spike said, come on, kids, let's pray. She's five years old. Five years old. <laughs> and uh, maybe there's a difference between four and five. Maybe you know and can remember a little more at five years old. When I tell you that little girl can pray like Adrian Spikes, beat all I ever seen, she's over here at this chair, and she's praying, and I'm over here praying, Brother Spikes is praying, Kent and Jeremy, I guess they was praying. <laughs> but Tiffany knew how to pray and still knows how to pray. Y'all, in just a little while, I heard a little sound coming from over here. And I got to looking, and my baby girl, five years old, is just talking in tongues. It was the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen. So she, she remembers that, too. Now, Kent getting the Holy Ghost, I've told a, a lot of y'all know this, but there's a lot of new people, so I'm going to share. I'm going to do a little sharing with you. Kent, when Kent got the Holy Ghost, we had a really good Sunday morning service like we had this week. We got home, and we were eating uh, lunch, and we got to talking about the service and how good it was. And Kent got to crying, and, and I said, baby, this is the kind of atmosphere that you can get the Holy Ghost right here. He began to pray, and God filled him with the Holy Ghost right at the dinner table. Oh, we were just shouting, me and Brother Spike was praying all over the house, and we got to looking, and Kent was gone. I said, where's Kent? I looked out the, the door, and he's out there riding a the bicycle. I said, come back in here, Kent. Here comes Kent back in there. We, we still praying. He goes back to praying, talking in tongues again. Jeremy was so scared, he run and dove head first in the middle of the bed. Just scared that child. But now when Jeremy got the Holy Ghost, I've never seen it since then. I've never seen it. He was, I want to say he was, he was about seven years old. This ain't in my notes, so this is a little extra. Land yap. When Jeremy got the Holy Ghost, we was at a little home mission church. About 10, 15, maybe 20 people there. It was after church. Brother Spikes had preached for his friend. And Jeremy was over here praying at the altar, y'all. Was, he was praying by himself. We over yonder talking. It might have been somebody praying with him. I can't remember. Y'all, this child goes to giving a message that you would hear like a message in tongues. Seven years old. I'm talking about just the most powerful thing I had ever heard. And, it, and see, all that's memories. That's stuff I'll never forget. That's not part of my lesson, but that was good anyway, wasn't it? All right. Life is life. We all get a chance. How we choose to face it is our choice. It's your choice how you react to what happens in your life and how it goes. It's your choice. You can be better or you can be bitter. You can be happy. You can be sad. But it's your choice. You say, well, I don't have no reason to be happy. Yes, you do. 
You're living, you're breathing, you're walking, you're talking, you can see. Ooh, don't get me preaching on that. I'm telling you, God is too good to us for us not to be thankful. We ought to get up saying, God, thank you that I can get up and breathe this morning. I can see the sunshine and feel the wind blow on me today. Whoo, thank you, Jesus. I'm glad you're here tonight because I'm going to try to help you, and we're going to finish your race uh, with a little more knowledge of how to end it well. We've been teaching on the matters of the heart, and there's three of them. Guilt, anger, greed, and jealousy. Get, what, did I say three? That's occasion counting. That's three. Guilt says, I owe you. Nothing less than paying that debt will relieve a guilty heart of its burden of guilt. People try to work it off, serve it off, give it off, and even pray it off. But no matter of the good deeds, the community service, the charitable giving, our Sundays in a pew can relieve the guilt. It's a debt. And it must be paid or canceled. Paid or canceled for a guilty heart to experience relief. That's what guilt is. So we, can, we cancel that debt by confessing our wrong and canceling the debt of IOU. Set yourself and the other person or people free. You're feeling guilty. The people that you're feeling guilty about feel like you've done them wrong. Confess it. I did you wrong, and I am so sorry. Would you forgive me? I have asked God. I prayed through it. I fasted about it. Please forgive me. I want to cancel this. And even if they're not here today, just forget it. Cancel it. Don't let things from the past hold on to you and drag you down. If you let people that have done you wrong, listen to me, keep you from God, they're closer to God than you are. Ooh, I didn't mean to slap you that hard. I'm telling you something. We cancel that debt by confessing our wrong and canceling the debt of I owe you. Set yourself and the other person free. Let it go clean. Your heart, wait, let it go. Clean your heart out with God and people. Make confession a new habit in your life. Instead of being guilty, start confessing. If you've done wrong, say, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm guilty. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for that. Okay? If you've wronged somebody, make it right. Now, I am a believer that if you chewed me out in front of other people, you should apologize in front of them people. Had that happen to me? Sure did. Lady chewed me right out in front of my ladies. We had went to the ladies' conference. And um, you know me. I'm, I'm wild. I was even more hyper back then when I was younger. And we got up, and I get up ready to go. I have learned in my lifetime that people don't everybody get up ready to go. I get up. just I can get up and just start laughing and have the biggest time just telling, having fun. My sisters, both of them, they got to go up and drink two, two pints of coffee before they can hardly talk. I'm, trying, I'm in the boat out there fishing. They're still drinking coffee. By the way, I'm going tomorrow. My boat's ready at home. Okay, let me go back here. 
Oh, and anyway, so I jumped up and we was, you know, everybody was getting ready. I said, okay, girls, let's hurry up. I said, uh, we got to go. She said, just sit down and let me finish my coffee. Yes, ma'am. I sure will. When you get ready, you just let us know, sugar. We're going to wait on you. <laughs> Later on, now she, did, she didn't say nothing. She just left it like that. We all went to church. Later on that night, she comes sneaking around. Sister Spikes, I'm so sorry. I, I, did, I didn't mean to be ugly. Well, I forgive you. But what's them other women think? Did they hear you? Did you go tell them? Or say, ladies, y'all come here. I was ugly to Sister Spikes, and I, it was my fault. I, please forgive me. No, they didn't know. So, boy, that's, that, that'll, that'll make you think about it next time you want to choose somebody out in front of everybody. I'm telling you something. I know people like that. They just want to yakety, yakety, yak. You better apologize, apologize, apologize. I, don't, I told you I don't like to apologize. Okay? Uh, <laughs> that's why I said that last week. It, it hurts our pride to have to say I'm sorry for the things I said, even though they was right. No, you just be sorry and go with it. And then you got Miss and Miss Anger Britches. Oh, angry all the time. Just angry with everybody. Everybody knows you mad. Mad. It's like taking poison and thinking the other person's going to die. They not. You're going to die and they're going to live to live on. Don't let it or other people causing you the anger control you the rest of your life. Do you know that that anger that you have inside of you towards whatever happened in your past, let it go. Forgive it. Forget it. Now, I can say that. I, I, I say, I'm saying that with this. But, and I tell God this too. God will not you. God said, I forgive it and throw it in the sea of forgetfulness, never to be remembered again. We're human. We say, I forgive you. But I'm going to hold on to it in case you won't do it again. I'm going to remind you about it. No, you got to let it go. you got to forgive them and just pray. Let, live free of all that trash. Forgive them and move on happily with your life so they can be happy. Don't be grumpy all the time. I was a griper. I hate it. I probably gripe more than most people. I told you all about writing that letter to the uh, at school I, I, I was so excited I think I might have got an A on it and I brought it home for mama to read it and it was about her you know how kids are always writing a story I said my mama is the best mama in the world she's beautiful she's a cook she can, she, can, uh, she can just cook she just cleans house she takes care of us and she gripes all the time <laughs> she fell out laughing when she got to that last part and she gripes all the time and I inherited too but Brother Spikes is gone, and, and the kids won't let me gripe at them, so I just don't have nobody to gripe at. So I try not to gripe anymore. Now, this is the w most wonderful. I had Tiffany nearly run around the house the other day when I found this and read it <clears throat> because it's so true. Sister Judy Hewitt it. Sister Judy Hewitt put it on, on the Facebook, and it was so good. Thank you for sharing that. I'm going to share that with them if they didn't already read it. There was a snake that crawled over a sharp saw and was cut. In anger, the snake wrapped the saw with its thick body and proceeded to squeeze the life out of that saw. With each angry squeeze, it felt more pain 
but continued because it wasn't going to let the saw get away with the pain it caused. The snake, excuse me, refusing to let go of the saw eventually died. Not knowing the whole time he needed to let go of the initial pain and focus on its future and where it was going. Instead, the snake unfortunately lost its life and didn't even see it coming. Control your anger. Forgive those that hurt you. And don't give people and don't give people or things power over you. It even it can eventually kill you. Y'all, I'm, this stuff gets in your heart, wraps around, and just, it, 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 it'll kill you. Kill everything that you love. Destroy your life and some other people's too if you're not careful. That's why we want to get all this stuff out of us. In the shadow of hurt, forgiveness feels like a decision to reward my enemy. But in the shadow of the cross, forgiveness is merely a gift from one undeserving soul to another. Forgiveness is the gift that ensues my freedom from a prison of bitterness and resentment. When I accept forgiveness from God, I'm set free from the penalty of my sin. When I extend forgiveness to my adversary, there is a sense in which I'm set free from his sin as well. Ephesians 4 and 32, the only scripture I'm going to give you tonight. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgive you. So in the place of anger, make a new matter of your heart, forgiving. Can you do that? Greed is our third matter of the heart. I'm going to probably be through quick. Y'all going to get to go home early and eat some. Maybe. Greed is our third matter of the heart. Being greedy makes you miserable. It takes the fun out of everything and, you're, and, and you or anybody that you're with. They can't be happy. They can't have fun. Greed steals your blessing. But a generous heart, he will not turn away. I was born into a good morals family. My mom was a church goer and my daddy didn't go but he did make us go so right here how many of you was here last week okay let me finish the story about my dad I left you with a bitter taste in your mouth about my daddy because he was he was my only role model which was not a good one um, at the time but my daddy after beating my mother almost on every occasion the next morning when he got sober. She'd be sitting in her chair drinking her coffee, bruised. He'd fall down at her chair. He said, baby, I'm so sorry for the way I acted. But he said, if I just thought that I could have what you have, He said, I'd get on my knees and I'd crawl from here all the way to the church and to the altar. And we live about seven miles from the church. He said, if I just thought I could could have it. Well, after 18 years of praying and fasting and holding on, I got to see him come to the altar. God filled him with the Holy Ghost. He turned him around and many times, 
I seen him go to that back door and get on his hands and knees and crawl all the way to the altar because of all the things that he had done. He wanted God to know I meant what I said. I want you to forgive me of it. I want my family to forgive me of it. And I, and I, want, to, I want to do better. And he did. He, he was saved. He left this world and went to glory. And I'm thankful for that. Even though, you know, there was things in my life. I had to let it go, y'all. I had to let it go and make myself better. To, to make my family better and my kids better. I want to help you. I done, I done said all that. Okay. Now, I told you about that. Now, I'm going to talk about um, being generous. Generosity. Brother Spikes, for those of you that knew him, was a giver. Not just tithes and offerings. He'd give plenty of that. He'd make me give him money on Sunday so he could put some money in that offering on Sunday and, and Wednesday night. That was his offering money. And during the week, if you needed more money, he said, So, we're building this building. Got two before walls back there. Had revival, Holy Ghost revival, 100 got the Holy Ghost. But we wasn't through, and we needed to get through, and we needed to raise some more money. He did not talk to me about this. He's up here in the pulpit one night, and he said, we're going we're gonna to take some uh, pledges for the offering. And he said, I'm going to be the first to pledge. And he said, me and my wife <laughs> are going to give $10,000. <laughs> That was my life savings to build me a house if I ever had the opportunity to. He said, I'm, we're going to give it. We got after the church. I said, baby, that's every, about everything we got. He said, has God ever let you down? Have you ever done without? I said, no, but you don't have to be so smart about it. <laughs> he said, God ain't, God, God ain't going to let us down. I, I'm telling you, just, just wait and see. I promise to the good Lord in heaven, don't ask me how it happened. Just I, can't, I cannot explain it to you. We did finish this building, and we moved in it in August of 1998. And on August the 9th, now we didn't have any land. We didn't have anything when we moved in this church. None. Nothing. We lived over here in the parsonage. On August the 9th of 1999, add that up. How many years is that? One year later. We moved into a four-bedroom, three-bathroom, porches, two four-foot porches, 60-foot wide on, on both ends of the house. Paid for. Only, uh, we, <laughs> we only owed for the cabinets just a little bit and paid that off. I don't, we built it for $60,000. Did you hear how big I said it was? 2,400 square feet. We were standing in the door, and he's standing there and gets to crying. I said, why are you crying? He said, God is so good. He's just so good. I said, yes, he is. Thank you for teaching me to be a giver. <laughs> he he kind of, you know, he popped the whip over me sometimes. Be a giver. Do what's right. <coughs> and y'all know he did. Now, also in giving... How many of you heard the story of uh, God takes care of his regular customers? 
I know y'all have. Some of you have heard me tell it. Well, let me tell it to you because you'll never forget it. His favorite saying was God takes care of his regular customers. Well, back in the Depression, a man owned a gas station. And he told everybody, he said, okay, folks, he said, I, you know, he said, we're rationing everything, we're rationing gas, so you can have so much. This, this is the amount you can have. Probably 25 cents worth, that was probably three gallons. Anyway, this young man pulled his car up, and he gave him this, the amount that he had told everybody he'd give, and the little young man pulled up and stopped his car and got out, I guess, to get a cold drink or something. And an older gentleman pulled his car in, and the gas attendant back then, they pumped your gas. He was pumping his gas, and he kept pumping his gas, and he kept pumping his gas. That young man come over and said, wait, hey, 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 He said, I thought you said we could only have so much gas, everybody. He said, you're right, my, my friend. But he said, this is my regular customer, and I take care of my regular customers. God takes care of his regular customers. You give your tithes. You give your offerings. You, you, you give to the building. God takes care of you. Now, let me emphasize that a little bit more. Now, y'all can laugh or you can cry or you can agree. But I, I believe God for everything that goes on in my world. My car is, is a couple of years old. I got in it the other day and went to crank it. It did nothing. When I got in it and opened the door, ding, 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 like they do, you know, let you know, okay. I put my foot on the, on the pedal to crank it. It did nothing. I went in the house. I said, Trent, my car won't crank. Oh, well, let's go see. He come out there. We got the jumper cables. He said, we'll jump the battery off. Couldn't hardly find a battery in these new cars. And uh, he was about to jump it off. Well, I was going with Tiffany somewhere. And, and she said, well, Mama, just get Trent to bring you on over here. And we'll go. And, and you, I said, we'll, we'll check it later, Bubba. It will, it, hopefully it ain't nothing. We'll get Tony to come get it or whatever we have to do. He'll have to come here. And. So he did. He brought me to Tiff's, and he, I said, Google it. Here's the key. I said, Google it. And he said, I am. I'm going to see what it is. So he got back to the house. Before we even left her house, he called. I said, uh-oh, Trent done found out what it was. He said, Mama, the steering wheel was locked. I said, really? But now let me tell you my version of this story. God protected me from something that could have happened in the amount of time it took us to fiddle jack around with that car and these jumper cables and then changed our mind to go get in the trance car and go over there. God saved me from something. And I, and I told him, I said, now, God, I thank you. I don't know what it is. I do not know what happened. Now, the reason I say that, and, and I, I, I'm really, y'all are going to laugh forever and a day, but it's okay because... One day, Brother Spikes and I left the house and went down the road. And <clears throat> I forgot something that was very important, and I had to have it. It was my teeth. <laughs> I said, baby, and we had just went right to the neighbor's house. I said, oh, so he turned around. Didn't take five minutes. Went back. I got my thing that I needed. And uh, we went on our way. But when we got to the interstate... On the ramp, cars were everywhere. Six or seven of them, there had been an accident. Had we not had to go back, we'd have been right in the middle of it. 
So don't tell me. When, when things don't go your way and you're just, you're just in a hurry and you want to do something and it just ain't happening, just say, okay, God, I don't know what you kept me from, but thank you for keeping me from it. I'm a, I'm, I'm a believer in that. Okay. I'm moving on to jealousy. Jealousy is as cruel as the grave. That's bad. Don't be jealous over everybody else's stuff. Be thankful for what you got. Don't hold stuff against them because they may be a little better off than you. Jesus. So don't be jealous of other people and their things. Be happy for them. Celebrate them. Don't wait for them to lose something and be happy because they lost something. People do that. They're jealous. Make celebrating a habit and true feeling of happiness for them. Let envy go to the devil's house and not hold you down any longer. Now, ooh, hey, it's just 736, and I got, one, I got just a couple more little things to do. We'll sing. We'll do something. <laughs> but how many of you were here Sunday morning for, the, for this pain? Oh, Lord Jesus. I want you to listen one more time to something that he had to say. My life. And if it's okay, I want to declare some things real quick. Oh. I declare Ephesians 3 and 20 over your life. God will do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can even ask or think. I declare God's incredible blessings over your life. You will experience the surpassing greatness of God's favor. Mm. It will elevate you to a level higher than you ever dreamed of. There, there are explosive blessings that are getting ready to come, come to on. your life according to the word of God. Come on. I declare that you will experience God's faithfulness. Yes. You will not worry. You will not doubt it. You will keep your trust in him knowing that he'll never fail you. You will give birth to every promise that God has put on your heart and will become everything God created you to be. Listen, I declare. Come on. I declare that the grace that you need for today is there. That you are full of power, strength, and determination. And nothing you face will be too much for you. You will overcome every obstacle and outlast every challenge and come through every difficulty better off than you were before. Mm. I declare, you hear me to some people in here, that you got, you got into this late. You, you came to the blood of the Lamb late in your life, but you hear the word of the Lord. I'm declaring today that you will accomplish everything that God has anointed you to do. You have not missed your window of opportunity. God. God has moments of favor in your future. He is preparing you for right now. God is not done yet. Let him work. I declare, I declare that I will choose freedom over condemnation. I declare that I will choose faith over fear. I declare that my children are going to be redeemed and my children's children are going to be redeemed. I declare it. I declare it. I'm breaking that invisible cage. Come on, the enemy's told me this is going to happen. That's going to happen. No, no. I've got the word of the Lord. I declare life. Hallelujah. Boy, when he was preaching that, I just went to him. I said, well, I want you to come back and teach that again Wednesday night. It was so good. It was so good. Do y'all know I love the I Declare book? And, and whenever I'm teaching, I like to read what's written for today. Now listen to what this has to say. I declare I will live victoriously. 
I was created in the image of God, and I have the DNA of a winner. I'm wearing a crown of favor. Royal blood flows through my veins. I am the head. I'm not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I will live with purpose, passion, and praise, knowing that I was destined to live in victory. This is my declaration. Now here. By faith, you need to walk like a king and talk like a king and think like a king and dress like a king and smile like a king. Don't go by what you see. Don't let the devil let you see stupidness going on and go by that. You go by what you know. Go by what you know. (laughs) That's what he said. There's royalty in your DNA. You have the blood of a winner, and you were created to reign in life. Now, too many people are living below their privileges. It's because their vision has been clouded by past mistakes. Disappointments. Get back over here. Or how they were raised. They don't feel like royalty. They don't think that they could be successful and really accomplish what God has put in their hearts. But I believe today, as I'm speaking faith into you, something is happening on the inside. New seeds are taking root. Strongholds that may have kept you back for years, even right now, are being broken. You need to rise up and say, that's it. I'm not settling where I am. I know it's still my time. It's still my time of power. Yes, I have taken a break for a little while, but I've got an announcement. I'm coming back. I'm going to start stepping up to who God created me to be. (laughs) Hallelujah. My Lord Jesus, God is so good, and I had something else I wanted to tell you. You're going to have to let me think about it because that's all my notes. But while I was reading that, let let me figure what I was going to say. Don't that just make you mad when something leaves your brain, when you know you had something good you wanted to say? I'm going to say God's been good to me all of my life. All of my life. No, I was not happy when the Lord decided to take Brother Spikes home. I was not. But I understood that it was his will. He understood it was the will of God. He was ready to go. I can't be bitter at God. Look what the Lord's done. God, it, it's, his legacy's going on. And it's going to keep going on. We just got to keep on keeping on. We got to keep on doing what we know to do is right. We got to do good things and not bad things. You got to think positive things. You have to make yourself. You got to get a hold of yourself sometimes. You get to thinking and doing stupid stuff. You go look in that mirror and talk to that person looking back at you. That's your problem. So you know what? You're not going to act like this. You was bad. That was wrong. And you better straighten it up. Now get in there and apologize. Hey, that's the truth. That's the truth anyhow, whether we like it or whether we don't like it. I hope. That me and Brother Carbo, he did such a wonderful job on that first lesson. I I just loved it. He gave you so much good information, much better than I could have. But I'm, I'm glad that we got to partner and do this. I hope that we've helped you in knowing about the the matters of your heart. Take it to heart. Take it to heart. Pull that mess out. No, it's not going to be easy. But you can you go back and look and say, you know what? You can do it. 
It's going to rear its head up. It takes time. It didn't just acquire overnight. It didn't just wrap you up overnight. It took time. And you kept building that wall. And you kept resenting. And you kept being jealous. And you kept being angry. And you kept feeling guilty. you got to get your, get your wire cutters out. And cut that away. A little bit at a time. You can't make it all right today. So don't try. You know, it's like getting the Holy Ghost. You don't just change right overnight and everything become. You don't wake up in a new world and you're just in a fluffy cloud. No, no, ma'am. You're going to get up and go to work and somebody cuss you first thing off. That's life. Don't cuss them back. You know, these new. <laughs> I'm going to quit. I love you. Thank you so much for coming. This is our last lesson. So God bless you. Come back next week. Come back Sunday. We're going down.